0: Amen. Thy will be done. Greater things are yet to be done in this city. How true that is. And we can know that God is for us. He's for North Florida Baptist Church. He's for the person that he has planned out there somewhere, preparing his heart to come and be the pastor here. And he's preparing your heart to receive that person when he comes. God is in charge. You believe that? I believe that. And I'm looking forward to that as God continues through this process. In the meantime, we're going to continue to be faithful. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve Him with our heart. We're going to serve Him here. It's summertime. Everybody knows it's summertime. It's vacation time. We have some folks who are going to be leaving today after church, going on vacation for a little while, and they'll be coming back. And uh, many of you will be doing the same thing throughout the summer and that's a good thing, but I was sharing with someone this week one of the best things that we can do while we're on vacation is put a Florida tag, Leon County tag, in some church parking lot on Sunday morning, all right, somewhere. Visit up with someone while you're away, and then when you get back here, you'll be right back in this place where you belong and be faithful here and doing what God's called us to do. Thank God He's never, are we glad He never takes vacation? Well, if He did, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? But He's always on the task. Does that mean we should never take a vacation from our jobs and go spend some time away and and get some refreshing and all that? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it just means that we want to be faithful where we are while we're doing whatever it is that that we're enjoying during vacation. We want to represent Jesus well in this world. And so I know that's what the plan of each of our hearts is uh, for this time. Uh, you're the God of this city, king of the people. And Lord, that is so true. And we look forward to the continuing work of the Lord in us. You want to open your Bibles today to Acts chapter 17. You have your Bible with you, open that. And uh, you can bring it each week. Uh, Sometimes we have some things on on the board. We'll have some today. And uh, you may have a, a, you might like, you might still have the uh, uh, King James, you might have New King James, you might have New American Standard, that's what I normally read from, you might have English Standard, that's what will be on the screen, Uh, you may have others, but uh, you might want to follow along in your copy of the Word of God. And so I would encourage you to bring your Bible uh, each week and just spend some time together in, in God's Word. The message for today is one that begins at an education class at FSU. Uh, back in the 70s, in the late 70s. I was taking courses out there. I majored in history. Uh, That was my love and my uh, heart at that time. I went through the education department, got my teacher certificate, kept that up for a number of years. It has long since gone by the wayside. I was thinking at one time I might be a bivocational pastor and a pastor in smaller churches maybe and teach school. And and then hopefully the church would grow to where they could call a full-time pastor and then I'd move on somewhere else, but the Lord never let me do that. He always kept me busy in a full-time pastorate somewhere. And and I look back on that and say, thank you, Lord, you did good. And so uh, that, was, that was just a little bit of my uh, past history in that. But I was taking these education courses out there, and I took one class, and this professor would come in, and it seemed like every day he would start the class off with some kind of a uh, almost an outlandish kind of statement, Brother Tommy, and it uh, would come in and, and it was like he was challenging the class. I later learned what he was doing. He was challenging the class and he wanted us to respond and he wanted us to make us think for ourselves. And so uh, he was just teaching us this particular method and it was, a, it was a good thing. But he'd come in and make some kind of outlandish statement like, you know, stealing is good for the self-esteem of some people. He'd say something like that and and one of my friends in the class was a Christian guy too and another young lady was and and oftentimes we'd respond back with something from that and and we'd argue with him about this and debate this issue a little bit. And so we, we did that on occasion, but one day he walked in the class and he said this. He said, you know the church is just a social gathering. They're not really celebrating anything down there. I just sat there. I really didn't know exactly what to say at that point. My friend David sat there and he he didn't say anything. And the other Christians in the class, nobody said anything. We went on through the class that day, but it stayed on my mind all that day. When I got back to our apartment uh, where Susan and I lived at the time, uh, uh, that thing was still on my mind. And so I began to get out my dictionaries and look up these words, and I found that a social is something that people do together because they enjoy doing it together. Maybe we're going to have a cookout, and we enjoy that. Maybe we're going to uh, watch a ball game together on TV or something. We like that. Maybe we're going uh, to the game out at the stadium, and we enjoy that. And and so we we do social events together. and, And I thought about that in terms of the church, and I thought, you know, if in the church... We're gathering here because we enjoy the same things together and we enjoy the study of the Word of God and we enjoy uh, singing good music like we sang this morning and and we enjoy gathering around the Word of God and spending time there to be encouraged or to be challenged. You know, in that sense, if this is a social, social gathering and we're enjoying the same things together, I don't have an issue with that. I like to come to church. I like to be here, and I like to be with the people, and and I like to sing these songs and and have the opportunity to open the Word of God and share together. I enjoy that, so if that's social, that's fine. And I found the word celebrate, and I found out that we do a lot of celebrations. We celebrate our country's independence on July 4th, and and we enjoy that, and and that's a great thing. We celebrate birthdays. How many of you remember our, our children's first birthday cake and how they had it all over their face. And, and things like that are just a lot of fun. We celebrate those, those times. We celebrate anniversaries. I was talking with a lady in a former church and, and I asked her, I said, uh, uh, how long have you and Mr. Oscar been married? She says, we've been married 53 years, preacher. Never thought about divorce. Thought about murder a few times. Never thought about divorce. And so uh, we celebrate those years and those times together. And that's a good thing, and we enjoy that. But I found out that one of the definitions of the word celebrate is to, is to hold something up or someone, something for public acclaim, to hold it up for acclaim, to commend it, if you will, to recommend it, to to be thankful for it, and, and, and to, to, to put it out there so that others can see that it's important to us. I know so many times we've celebrated birthdays in churches and celebrated anniversaries and and we have homecomings and things like that to, to say this is important to us. And so as I thought about that, we gather as a social gathering to enjoy the same things together, to be challenged, to be encouraged, I trust, and to look forward to what God has for us. And we want to be faithful in doing what God has called us to do. And we want to make sure that in all these things, the number one thing that we do while we're here and while we're going around in our lives, not just as a people meeting in a building, we all understand that the building is not the church. The building is the place where the church meets. The church is the living body of Christ. That's you, that's me, that's us being the people of God. And so as the church meets and we gather here for encouragement, the church goes out there And the church is going to hold up something that others can see and say, "Man, this is important." It's going to be important while we meet here, but it's going to be important out there as well. And so we don't ever want anyone to say of us, "We're just a social gathering." We get together because we enjoy these things, but we're not really celebrating anything. We're not lifting up for public acclaim, recommending, commending, if you will our Lord Jesus, the one that it's all about. We want to celebrate Jesus in our church, in our lives. And so my challenge to myself and to our churches, and I've shared this message in many places through the years that God has given me. And I want to share it here with us today as a reminder to me and as a challenge and an encouragement to us as we go through this time looking forward to the man who's gonna come and fill this pulpit and be the leader here in the church, be a community leader. We're not gonna just wait for that to happen. We're gonna do it now. We're gonna be about God's business while we're here in this interim time and being the people of God so that whenever God sends his man here, we'll be a people that God wants to send his man to. And say we are here and we're ready and we've been looking for you and we've been praying for you and when you come we're here to support you and we're going to love you and we're going to work together and under your leadership we're going to we're, there's a lot to be done in this city. That song is so so right and Kara's song Thy Will Be Done Thy Will Be Done God that's what we want that's what we want and that's what this is all about. God led me to the Book of Acts chapter seventeen. And in that, as I read through that chapter again, I found three places where I believe that Jesus ought to be celebrated, lifted up. And I want to share those with you this morning out of this this opportunity. Celebrate Jesus so that others may hear his gospel, come to be saved, and learn what it means to really walk in the Lord every day of our lives. So we want to look at these three places. First of all, we want to celebrate Jesus in the church. As the church gathers inside this building, gathered here, we want to celebrate Jesus here. In Acts 17, beginning in verse 1, now when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reason with them from the scriptures explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ that's it now notice when they got to town the first thing they did was went to the synagogue now I don't know about you I like people that go to church don't you People who are saying, this is what it's about, this is where I belong, and this is where I'm going. And so when they got there, they went to the synagogue. Today we'd call it our church because we are living in this particular day and age. And so they went when they first got to town. That's what we all want to do. If you move outside of Tallahassee and you move to some other town somewhere, let me encourage you, one of the first things to do is start visiting around. Find the place that you feel like God wants you to plant your life involved in church and let that be something you do soon. It's impo- And if you're here and you moved to Tallahassee recently and, and you're looking, I certainly want to recommend North Florida Baptist Church to you. You'll be glad you came here. These are loving people. They've loved us so, so very much during these past weeks. We've been privileged to be here and we love you. I can tell you, we're, great. we're glad to be here and be a part of you. So if you're here and you're looking for a place, I can certainly recommend this place to you. You'll be glad you came. This place is not going to just sit back and say, okay, let's just kick it away until the new preacher comes. They're not doing that. They're serving, they're teaching Sunday school, they're involved, and that's what's going to keep going on during this time because that's the kind of folks that we are celebrating Jesus in the church. Now, when I was in high school, we go to Sunday school, and and Sunday school is a great place to celebrate Jesus. It's a great place to open the Word of God. But when I was in high school, we would go in, and it was a boys' class, and and for about the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, oftentimes, of the class, we didn't spend time on the class. The teacher was a great guy, loves the Lord, still active in my home church where I grew up. He's getting on in years. But uh, great guy. But one of the things that we did and, and and was we would take time to talk about, you know, going water skiing last week or or maybe the last hunting trip we took or who played ball well last week or who didn't play ball quite as well in our high school teams. And and we'd talk about those things for about 20 minutes or so. I remember well one day we had a new guy came in in the class. Big, tall, red-headed drink of water. Came from California. We found that out. He was visiting with grandparents in the community. And and we tried to involve him in the conversation, but he really didn't get into it very much with us. And we wondered, well, maybe he's a little shy and just didn't feel like talking with us at that particular time. So whatever the reason, uh, he wasn't particularly involved with us at that point. After about 10 minutes or so of us talking about things going on out there, nothing wrong with doing those kind of things, but make it early and get done with it and get on about what you're doing. But after about 10 minutes of us talking, this boy said, what are y'all here for? We got quiet. Now this wasn't Mr. or Mrs. Adult, really, Tommy, saying that to us. This was someone of our own peer group, this age, right here. What are y'all doing here? Nobody said anything. And for about the next couple of minutes, he proceeded to remind us what Sunday school was about. And he said, we're here because we've come together to get around the Word of God and to see what God has for us not who did well last week, not what's going on next week, not all that. We came here to study the word of God and that's what I want to do. Boy, did we learn something that day. He came to celebrate Jesus. And that's what we want to do when we come together in the house of God. We're going to spend time to celebrate Jesus. These songs are not here just for us to to have something fun to do. These songs speak to us. There's much work to be done in this city. Thy will be done. How true that is. These songs mean something to us. Let's get into them and say, God, what are you saying to me today? What a blessing to be able to share in this. And when we open your word and learn from it, man, what a blessing it is. When we gather in these small groups to study the word of God, what a blessing it is to be a part of all that. And we can do that together. I wanna see the church staff for a minute. Wherever you are, if you're on staff, just stand up, wherever you, wherever you might happen to be. There you are, Dustin, church staff. You look around, there's these folks right here. Where's my deacons? All, right, all you deacons, where are you? Let's, y'all just keep standing, join, join with these guys. Right there, there we are. There's a, there's a good group of folks right there. Where are my Sunday school teachers? You look around, It's a good group, Sunday school teachers, several of them around this is a good group of folks, and they're doing a great work. Now, everybody else, just stand up, wherever you are. Everybody else. It's just all stand. I would see these folks stand by themselves, don't you? That's tough. Everybody's here. Now, we look around, and this is the body of Christ. If we just left it to those first three or four who stood up, they've got a lot of work to do that they're not going to get done because they can't be everywhere you are. If we just leave it to the deacons and the Sunday school teachers, it's not going to get done. But if all of us are saying, thy will be done, and there's a lot of work to be done in this city, and Lord, we want to do it because we're the people of God. Think of how how much exponentially more he can accomplish through all of us being faithful to be the people of God that he's called us to be. Celebrate Jesus as a church here, and then take it out Thank you, you may be seated. I won't make you stand the rest of the the service. But that's who we are. What happens when Jesus is lifted up in the church? When we meet here and we gather here? In verse 4, we discover this. And some of them were persuaded. And they joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. The fo- when they came in and they preached Jesus and they, they celebrated Jesus and they held him up and commended him and recommended him, he's what it's all about. He's the central focus of this. When people see Christ, they're drawn to him. If I be lifted up, he said, I will draw men to myself. So we lift him up and people are drawn to him Because that's who he is. But let me warn you of something. Satan always has a crowd. Someone around doesn't want Jesus to be proclaimed. Someone around wants to stop it as hard as he can. Someone around wants to pull it down as hard as they can. Now we trust that those folks are not in here. Maybe they're out there as it was in this case, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Sometimes we look around among us and and sometimes there's division among us. And Satan's never happier than when there's division in the church. We don't want that. Lord, thy will be done. There's so much to be done. We can't let the little differences that sometimes want to separate us cause a division among us that's going to create problems within the kingdom work of God. We don't want that to happen. And Lord, I'm going to do my best as a person of, of Christ, as a believer in Jesus, to make sure for my part, that doesn't happen in my church. Not going to let it happen. Boy, when that's the desire of our heart. And our desire is to Jesus. What a tremendous thing he can do amongst all of us. I remember many years ago in the early 70s before I had gone back to school and to seminary and, and, and as I was getting opportunity to preach in that youth revival team, one of the jobs I had was as, a, as an insurance debit agent. Everybody ought to try that once. <laughs> but anyway, I remember sitting in Jennings, Florida on the front porch. There was a black family there. This guy was a preacher we were sitting there and just talking. And we'd talk sometimes, and just a wise man, he was telling me this story one day. He, said he was sitting there, he was looking out like he was looking up into the sky, and he could see what he was talking about. And he was drawing a picture that I could even see sitting there with him. And he said, you know, one time down in the depths of hell, there was a problem. And he said, all the demons and the imps of the devil didn't know what to do. And and they were his his emissaries, but they didn't know what to do. And and they were trying to solve the problem down in the depths of hell, and they couldn't do it. And they started looking for old Satan, the serpent, the tempter, the head devil himself, to help with the problem, and, and they couldn't find him. And finally they sent some people up on earth to go to and fro and look for him. He's telling this story. He said they went to all the the, the the bars and the brothels and all the places that you would think where Satan's mud holes are, and, and he said he, they went there and they were looking for the head devil and they couldn't find him anywhere. They're beginning to get distraught and they're walking through town that evening late, and and uh, just so happened that in town there was a little church was having revival. It was summertime. No air conditioning, doors are open, windows are open, people are singing, preachers preaching. Revival time. As they walked by with a scowl on their face, they looked inside and there on the platform was the head devil himself, sitting right there. And they went to him and they said, what are you doing here? We've searched for you in these places and can't find you. And he said, I've already got that crowd. I'm in here trying to get something that's not mine. We don't want to be that person, do we? We don't want to be that responsible for that. We're going to celebrate Jesus. When we come to church, we're going to praise God. We're going to preach the word. There's much work to be done. Thy will be done. That's what we're going to be. And when we do, some will believe and be saved. And that's what we want to see happen. But we find that Satan's crowd came and they, they started creating a problem. And, and eventually, there was enough jealous Jews in town that they had Paul and Silas run out of town. They got with the leaders and, and the next thing you know, these people are having to leave. And so the brethren sent them away and we find them coming to Berea, the next place that I feel like we need to really celebrate Jesus. And that is celebrate Jesus in the home. In verse 10 of Acts 17, it says, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. (laughs) I like people that go to church. First thing they did when they got to town, they went to church. That's what we want to do. And it says, Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness... God, what do you have for me? Keep on, Lord. Speak to me. Lord, I've come today with my cup turned up. Fill it up. Overflow it into the saucer. You coffee drinkers know what I'm talking about. Lord, fill my cup. Fill it up. Let me know you. They received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. didn't take it at face value they got into the word and began to study for themselves and that's what we have to do I can promise you this I'm going to try to give you as accurately as I possibly can what I see in the word of God I'm going to do that but I'm just me I told my mom one time the only problem with us preachers is that they cut us off the same stump they cut everybody else off of we have our issues too you get it out and you read it and you study it, and you'll probably see things in there that I completely overlooked, and it'll be a blessing in your life, and you'll be so glad you did. What a blessing. They examine the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Now, these folks might have met more often than we do now. We meet here on Sundays, we meet here on Wednesday nights. Vacation Bible school, we're here every day. Revival, we're here more often. But those folks didn't have all the things that we have nowadays. Little League hadn't been invented yet. They didn't know about some of those kind of things and and, and everybody just going 40 directions from wherever all week long and families get involved in those things and, and I'm not putting down getting involved with stuff with your children and your families. Not that. But those folks didn't have that as much and they probably met more often than we do. And they met often in Home churches where people would gather in here. Not just in the synagogue. They would meet other places. But the point is that there in their homes, they were lifting Jesus up. They were commending Jesus to each other and to those who were there. And that's an important thing. And we can learn from that in our homes. Taking Christ into our homes. Jesus lifted up in spirit and truth. God uses that kind of influence. I shared briefly with you that in my growing up days, growing up on Home Life magazine, reading those little stories and spending prayer time together. And dad would lead when he was there and mom would lead when he wasn't. And they prayed for us. And, and I told you about those things. I remember that. I thank God for that heritage. When I was in seminary, one of our professors, Dr. Joe Coffin, made this statement one day in a, in a preaching class. He said, you know, he said, I was a pastor for 34 years in churches before coming to seminary as a professor. And he said, in those 34 years of being a pastor in local churches, I have yet to see a divorce in a family where there is a regular family altar time. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we can't control all those things. But he said in those 34 years, I've never seen that happen where there is a regular family altar time, where they spend time in the Word of God, spend time in prayer for each other, spend time in prayer for their family. Folks, I can promise you this. If there is a regular time where the family spends time in prayer together, spends time in in the Word of God, even if it's just a short amount of time, But we know that sometime during the day, and you'll pick a time when's best for you. Maybe it's early in the morning, maybe it's around the breakfast table, maybe it's around the dinner table, maybe it's just before you go to bed. That's what we did with Nate. Our bedtime late at night, that was our time. We'd spend time with the Word and in prayer. Let me tell you what, when you do that, the chances of your family being strong in the Lord are gonna be far greater than if you don't. Satan would love to pull you down. He wants to attack your family. Some years ago, an evangelist was traveling on an airplane and uh, I remember hearing him say this. Traveling on an airplane, he sat down and, and you know on airplanes you have captive audiences. They're not going anywhere for the next few minutes so you can talk to them about the Lord. He was riding along and he started a conversation with this man, found out and he said the man was a member of the church of Satan. Yeah, they have them. They have them too. Cannot imagine that in my mind, but they have them. And in the course of that conversation, this evangelist said this man told him, we are praying to Satan that he will break up X number of pastor's families every year. Because if we can break up their families, we can do a lot of damage to the cause of Christ. Whew. I don't think it stops there. I think it goes with all of us. What do we do it? Thy will be done. Lord, help us to be that kind of people at home in our families. When we do that, some will be saved. Look at verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. When we celebrate Jesus in our homes, they are going to be those who believe. It was celebrated in my home. I took a path the other direction for a long time. But thank God, at 23 years of age, he got my attention. And I gave my heart to Christ. I told Roger this week we were having lunch together I said you wouldn't have liked me on the other side but I'm glad to be on this side brother and I'm not going back. Why? Because he's here and he makes the difference and I give a lot of it right back to what mom and daddy did early in life. Thank you Lord for that. You will have opposition from our adversary. He'll think of everything he can to keep you from doing it. But in the face of that, do it anyway. You'll be glad you did. It's kind of like tithing. You'll be glad you did. I tell folks, God can do more with your 90% for you than you can with your 100 I can promise you. Be faithful in those things. Be faithful in the Word of God with your family. Now, those same jealous Jews down at Thessalonica didn't like what was going on in Berea. And so they came down, stirred up the people there, and eventually had Paul and some of his friends had to leave that place and they had to take him away secretly. And so they did that and it brings us to the third place where we need to celebrate Jesus for public acclaim. Lift him up, commend him, recommend him to others around us. And that is in the marketplace. We want to celebrate Jesus in the marketplace. In verse 15, we says, those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens and having received a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. Much work to be done in this city. So he was reasoning in the synagogue. I like people that go to church, don't you? That's what he did when he got to town. Reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. Those who happened to be there. He didn't call them. He didn't care who they were. He didn't care what color they were. He didn't care what nationality they were. He didn't care what culture they came from. He didn't care what color their hair was. He didn't care how much they weighed or didn't weigh. He didn't care what their clothes looked like. He didn't care if they had the very best or if they were in rags, tattered and torn. He just said, whoever's here, that's someone Jesus died for and that's someone that I'm gonna share the gospel with. Boy, I like that, don't you? Out in the marketplace, every day with people who happen to be there. Where do you celebrate Jesus? Where you trade? Where you trade? Where do you do business out there? Uh, we were pastor of a church in South Mississippi outside of Tyler Town Baptist Church. And we traveled back in two from New Orleans to seminary across Lake Pontchartrain every Friday evening. And then Sunday night after church, drive back to New Orleans, 93 miles from our church, our, our apartment on campus at New Orleans Seminary to the church. 93 miles, twice. Great, great group of folks. Small church, run about 30 or 40. Had a great time there. They were a good minister to seminary students as they had most of the time. That's who they had for pastors. We had a great time there. Going back home on Sunday nights, often we would pull into the Sonic drive-in and get our hamburger to eat, cross and leg punch train in Covington, Louisiana. So we'd pull in there and, and uh, one night we pulled in there and the boy came out and brought the tray to the window and, and when he came out we had some of those J.T. Trick Chick comic book tracks gospel tracks you've probably seen them. Had some of those and we'd give them out to folks all along and boy came out young boy and uh, I asked him I said son do you read comic books? He probably never had anybody ask him that at the door the window, but he said, well, yeah. And I said, here, read read this, handed him that tract. We took our sandwiches. He went back inside. We're driving around to start our trip back to New Orleans or finish our trip back to New Orleans. Susan's looking over my shoulder and she looked through the window of that Sonic drive-in and she said, you know, that boy already has that thing open. He was standing there inside and started to read that tract. As far as I know, I've never seen that boy again. We stopped never saw him. I don't know what happened with that tract, but I know this. It was an opportunity to celebrate Jesus in the marketplace. You can do those same kinds of things. It's not that hard. Shared with people at the checkout line in the grocery store. Shared with people uh, in other opportunities as we go about my. Friends, there were some seminary friends and I decided that we would have a, a prayer retreat one weekend while we were in seminary. So we took some time, went to Silver Creek in South Louisiana and set up tents and, and I cooked fish. We had a meal there. It was great. Took an old tape player and listened to cassette tapes of preaching and prayed for each other's ministry and had a great time on that camp out. Going back home, we passed a, a little filling station there in... Covington, Louisiana, had one of those portable marquee signs out in front. On one corner it had auto inspection station. In the other corner of the sign it had cold beer. And I thought, if that's not the confusion of the world, come in here and get your automobile inspected so you can drive it safely and while you're here, tank up on beer so you can go kill somebody with a good automobile. Isn't that crazy? So that that got on our minds and, and my friend Jim Knowles said this. He said, somebody ought to talk to them about changing that. I turned my car around. He said, I ain't believing you're doing that. We went back to that station. I said, here's your chance. He went inside. He came back out. He said, "You know what?" He said, "The manager wasn't there, but there was a young boy there managing the st- or minding the store at the time." And I told him, "I want that sign changed. That's crazy." And he talked to the kid about that for the next several months. As Susan and I went back and forth along that same road to our church in Tylertown, you know, they took cold beer off of that sign. Will that always happen? No. But it's an opportunity. Are we challenged? Are, are we lifting Jesus up to say, listen, folks, there's a better way in this world? It made a difference in that spot, a waitress at Julie's restaurant. We would eat there sometimes on Sundays when it was open and, and we'd talk to him about coming one Wednesday night, she showed up at my Bible study. Another waitress at Sonny's came and, and, and visited our church, and we, our guys meet there on Tuesday at lunch, and we talk to the people and we've seen people start going to church and this one young lady visited our church it was a waitress there and she found up she wound up joining another church where there were a lot of college age young people and she got baptized and, and part of that church and it's ministry you can do it where you trade there's another place you can celebrate Jesus where you work And sometimes people say don't you talk about Jesus around here you can live and conduct yourself in such ways that people want to know what makes the difference in your life. My cousin Donnakey and her husband Jimmy were here the first Sunday we were here. Some of you met them. They were here. Back years ago, Jimmy was working in an office complex in Central Florida. And uh, one day, one of those Florida thunderstorms blew through and you know what they look like clouds are low and dark and the thunder begins to rumble and the lightning flashes around and and it's kind of a scary situation but that was happening there where he was working that day and and uh, Jimmy was one of those people who just loved Jesus and didn't mind anybody's knowing about it, he's just a happy guy. And he didn't mind sharing that he he went to church such and such, and he loved the Lord. And and that's just the kind of person he was around the, the office there. And he overheard secretaries talking in their cubicles. And he heard one of the secretaries ask another, what are you gonna do if the lights go out? And her friend said, I don't know about you, but I'm going over by him and pointed at Jimmy. He didn't say that to be bragging. He didn't say that to say, look at me. What I do for Jesus. He didn't do it that way. He was just telling the story because he thought it was funny. And it is, it's comical. But there's a message in that. If we conduct ourselves in ways that we're commending Jesus to those around us, folks, when the chips get down and things get dark, People like to go to the light. And the light of the world is Jesus. And if they see Him in us, they'll come and say, what can I do? Can you help me? What do I need? When they do, you can share. People are attracted to the light. And in the midst of all that spiritual confusion, Paul saw the idols of all these, that all these Greeks were worshiping, go on down reading and even one to the unknown God and he took the opportunity to take that and tell them about Jesus. See, there are all kinds of opportunities around us. All kinds of opportunities. I saw one of those big mirrors one time where you can see around corners. I was filling up my vehicle with gas and I saw that and the attendant there at the window. I said, you know, that thing there is a lot like God. He sees us wherever we are, doesn't he? There are ways. There are ways. And he took that opportunity. And, and when we do that, the good news in verse 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. Folks didn't care for it. But others said, we will hear you again concerning this. There are others who are waiting to hear. So Paul went out of their midst. But some men joined him and believed. And then it named some of them. When we celebrate Jesus in the marketplace as the people of God, there will be those who will come to Christ. Will it be every time? Probably not, but there will be those who will. And what a blessing. You may think of other places to lift up Jesus and celebrate Him. I had a man in my church in Lake City, Jim Dunlap, when he left Lake City, moved to Phoenix, Arizona got involved with a large church there. Some years later he stopped by and we were talking and he was a man of, man, he played college basketball. He was a big guy, tall guy. We were talking about what they did in their church and he said, you know what? He said, we have several men's teams who play men's softball. And he said, we are competitive. But he said, we determined we were not going to play in the church league. Those folks have their own thing. We're going to play in the city league and we're going to pray about it and we're going to put our hearts in it and we're going out there and we're going to play and we're going to be competitive and we're going to show those guys that men of God can be real men and in that process we're going to conduct ourselves as men of God in that kind of setting and in doing so we're going to try to lead folks to Jesus. I'm going, God bless you, man. There are ways to reach out into our community and in the marketplaces of life, You get the point. Jesus must be seen when we gather here. He must be seen in our homes. And he must be seen out there in the lanes of life. That's what it means. And we're saying, Lord, we want to be that people so that nobody ever says about North Florida Baptist Church, they're just a social gathering. They're not really celebrating anything down there. I trust that It's an encouragement to you to know that this is who God is. He can be with you to make that happen and to help you with that and to encourage you and strengthen you in your resolve in all these ways. He can do that as you prepare for the days ahead. God has good things for us in this place.